My mother started school when she was 6 and stopped the same term. She was unusual in the village as she had a father and brothers who encouraged her to go to school. She was the only girl in a class of boys. She carried her bag of books proudly into school and claims she was brighter than the boys. But every day she would leave behind her girl cousin playing at home and she invaded them. There seemed no point in going to school just to end up cooking, cleaning and bringing up children. So one day she sold her books for 9 annas, spent the money on boiled sweets and never went back. Her father said nothing. She says he didn't even notice as he would set off early every morning after a breakfast of cornbread and cream. His German pistol strapped under his arm and spent his days busy with local politics or resolving feuds. Besides, he had seven other children to think about. It was only when she met my father that she felt regret. Here was a man who had read so many books, who wrote her poems she could not read and whose ambition was to have his own school. As his wife, she wanted to help him achieve that. For as long as my father could remember, it had been his dream to open a school. But with no family contacts or money, it was extremely hard for him to realize this dream. He thought there was nothing more important than knowledge. He remembered how mystified he had been by the river in his village, wondering where the water came from and went to, until he learned about the water cycle from the rain to the sea. His own village school had been just a small building. Many of his classes were taught under a tree on the bare ground. There were no toilets and the pupils went to the fields to answer the call of nature. Yet he says he was actually lucky. His sisters, my aunts did not go to school at all, just like millions of girls in my country. Education had been a great gift for him. He believed that lack of education was the root of all Pakistan's problems. Ignorance allowed politicians to fool people and bad administrators to be re-elected. He believed schooling should be available for all, rich and poor, boys and girls. The school that my father dreamed of would have desks and a library, computers, bright posters on the wall, and most important, washrooms. My grandfather had a different dream for his youngest son. He longed for him to be a doctor. and as one of just two sons he expected him to contribute to the household budget my father's elder brother said ramjan had worked for years as a teacher at a local school he and his family lived with my grandfather and whenever he saved up enough of his salary they built a small concrete hojra at the side of the house for guests he brought logs back from the mountains for firewood and after teaching he would work in the fields where our family had a few buffaloes he also helped baba with heavy tasks like clearing snow from the roof when my father was offered a place for his a levels at jahanzeb college which is the best further education institution in swat my grandfather refused to pay for his living expenses His own education in Delhi had been free. He had lived like a talib in the mosques. 
and local people had provided the students with food and clothes. Tuition at Jahanzeb was free but my father needed money to live on. Pakistan does not have student loans and he had never even set foot in a bank. The college was in Saidu Sharif, the twin town of Mingora and he had no family there with whom he could stay. There was no other college in Shangla and if he did not go to college, he would never be able to move out of the village and realize his dream. My father was at his wit's end and swept with frustration. His beloved mother had died just before he graduated from school. He knew if she had been alive, she would have been on his side. He pleaded with his father but to no avail. His only hope was his brother-in-law in Karachi. My grandfather suggested that he might take my father in so he could go to college there. The couple would soon be arriving in the village as they were coming to offer condolences after my grandmother's death. My father prayed they would agree but my grandfather asked them as soon as they arrived. Exhausted after the three-day bus journey and his son-in-law refused outright. My grandfather was so furious he would not speak to them for their entire stay. My father felt he had lost his chance and would end up like his brother teaching in a local school. The school where Uncle Khan Dada taught was in the mountain village of Sevur, about an hour and a half's climb from their house. It did not even have its own building. They used the big hall in the mosque where they taught more than a hundred children ranging from 5 to 15 years old. The people in Sevur were Gujars, Kohistanis and Mias. We regard Mias as noble or landed people but Gujars and Kohistanis are what we call hilly people. Peasants who look after buffaloes, their children are usually dirty and they are looked down upon by Pashtuns. Even if they are poor themselves, they are dirty, black and stupid. People would say, let them be illiterate. It is often said that teachers don't like to be posted to such remote schools and generally make a deal with their colleagues so that only one of them has to go to work. Even if they are poor themselves, they are dirty, black and stupid. People would say, let them be illiterate. It is often said that teachers don't like to be posted to such remote schools and generally make a deal with their colleagues so that only one of them has to go to work each day. If the school has two teachers, each goes in for three days and signs the other in. If it has three teachers, each goes in for just two days. Once there, all they do is keep the children quiet with a long stick as they cannot imagine education will be any use to them. My uncle was more dutiful, he liked the hilly people and respected their tough lives. So he went to the school most days and actually tried to teach the children. After my father had graduated from school, he had nothing to do so he volunteered to help his brother. There his luck changed. Another of my aunts had married a man in that village and they had a relative visiting called Nasir Pacha who saw my father at work. Nasir Pacha had spent years in Saudi Arabia working in construction 
making money to send back to his family my father told him he had just finished school and had won a college place at jahanzeb he did not mention he could not afford to take it as he did not want to embarrass his father why don't you come and live with us asked nasir pacha uff i was so happy by god says my father pacha his wife bakhtmina jajai and their two sons became his second family their home was in spalbandi a beautiful mountain village on the way to the white palace and my father describes it as a romantic and inspirational place he went there by bus and it seemed so big to him compared to his home village that he thought he had arrived in a city as a guest he was treated exceptionally well jajai replaced his late mother as the as the most important woman in my father's life when a villager complained to her that he was flirting with a girl living across the road she defended him ziauddin is as clean as an egg with no hair she said look and stay to your own daughter it was in spalbandi that my father came across women who had great freedom and were not hidden away as in his own village the women of spalbandi had a beautiful spot on top of the mountain where only they could congregate to chat about their everyday lives it was unusual for women to have a special place to meet outside the home it was also there that my father met his mentor akbar khan who although he had not gone to college himself lent my father money so he could like my mother akbar khan may not have had much of a formal education but he had another kind of wisdom my father often spoke of the kindness of akbar khan and nasir pacha to illustrate that if you help someone in need you might also receive unexpected aid my father arrived at college at an important moment in pakistan's history that summer while he was walking in the mountains our dictator general zia was killed in a mysterious plane crash which many people said was caused by a bomb hidden in a crate of mangoes during my father's first term at college national elections were held which were won by Benazir Bhutto daughter of the prime minister who had been executed when my father was a boy Benazir was our first female prime minister and the first in the Islamic world Certainly there was a lot of optimism about the future student organizations which had been banned under Zia became very active my father quickly got involved in student politics and became known as a talented speaker and debater he was made general secretary of the Pakhtun Students Federation PSF which wanted equal rights for Pashtuns the most important jobs in the army bureaucracy and government are all taken by punjabis because they come from the biggest and most powerful province the other main student organization was islami jamaat e talaba the student wing of the religious party jamaat e islami 
which was powerful in many universities in Pakistan. They provided free textbooks and grants to students but held deeply intolerant views and their favorite pastime was to patrol universities and sabotage music concerts. The party had been close to General Zia and done badly in the elections. The president of the students' group in Jahanzeb College was Ishan ul Haq Haqqani. Though he and my father were great rivals, they admired each other and later became friends. Haqqani says he is sure my father would have been president of the PSF and become a politician if he had been from a rich Khan family. Student politics was all about debating and charisma, but party politics required money. One of their most heated debates in that first year was over a novel. The book was called The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie and it was a parody of the life of the Prophet. Set in Bombay, Muslims widely considered it blasphemous and it provoked so much outrage that it seemed people were talking of little else. The odd thing was no one had even noticed the publication of the book to start with. It was not actually on sale in Pakistan but then a series of articles appeared in Urdu newspapers by a mullah close to our intelligence service berating the book as offensive to the prophet and saying it was the duty of good muslim muslims to protest soon mullah all over pakistan were denouncing the book calling for it to be banned and angry demonstrations were held the most violent took place in Islamabad on 12 February 1989 when American flags were set alight in front of the American center. Even though Rushdie and his publishers were British police fired into the crowd and five people were killed. The, the anger wasn't just in Pakistan. Two days later, Ayatollah Khomeini, the supreme leader of Iran, issued a fatwa calling for Rushdie's assassination. My father's college held a heated debate in a packed room. Many students argued that the book should be banned and burned and the fatwa upheld. My father also saw the book as offensive to Islam but suggested first let's read the book and then why not respond with our own book. He ended by asking in a thundering voice my grandfather would have been proud of. Is Islam such a weak religion that it cannot tolerate a book written against it? Not my Islam. For the first few years after graduating from Jahanzeb, my father worked as an English teacher in a well-known private college. But the salary was low, just 1,600 rupees a month, around 12 pound and my grandfather complained he was not contributing to the household. It was also not enough for him to save for the wedding he hoped for to his beloved Tur Pekai. One of my father's colleagues at the school was his dear friend Muhammad Naim Khan, who once generously smashed his clay money box full of savings to help my father financially. He and my father had studied for their bachelor's and master's degrees in English. 
together and were both passionate about education. They were also both frustrated as the school was very strict and unimaginative. My father longed for the freedom that would come with running his own school. He wanted to encourage independent thought and hated the way the school he was at rewarded obedience above. Open-mindedness and creativity. So when Naim lost his job after a dispute with the college administration, they decided to start their own school. Their original plan was to open a school in my father's village of Shahpur where there was a desperate need like a shop in a community where there are no shops, he said. But when they went there to look for a building, there were banners everywhere advertising a school opening someone had beaten them to it. So they decided to set up an English language school in Mingora. As the government schools were failing, private English medium schools offered a better education. As my father was still teaching, Naeem wandered the streets looking for somewhere to rent. One day he called my father excitedly to say he had found the ideal place. It was the ground floor of a two-story building in a well-off area called Landikas with with a walled courtyard where students could gather. The previous tenants had also run a school, the Ramada school. The owner had called it that because he had once been to Turkey and seen a Ramada hotel, but the school had gone bankrupt, which perhaps should have made them think twice. Also, the building was on the banks of a river where people threw their rubbish and it smelt foul in hot weather. My father went to see the building after work. It was a perfect night with stars and a full moon just above the trees which he took to be a sign. I felt so happy, he recalls. My dream was coming true. Naim and my father invested their entire savings of 60,000 rupees. They borrowed 30,000 rupees more to repaint the building rented a shack across the road to live in and went from door to door trying to find students. Unfortunately, the demand for English tuition turned out to be low and there were unexpected drains on their income. My father's involvement in political discussions continued after college. Every day his fellow activists came to the shack or the school for lunch. We cannot afford all this entertaining name would complain. It was also becoming clear that while they were best friends, they found it hard to work as business partners. On top of that, there was a stream of guests from Shangla. Now that my father had a place for them to stay, we Pashtuns cannot turn away relatives or friends. However, inconvenient. We don't respect privacy and there is no such thing as making an appointment to see someone. Visitors can turn up whenever they wish and can stay as long as they want. It was a nightmare for someone trying to start a business and it drove Naeem to distraction. He joked to my father that if either of them had relatives to stay, they should pay a fine. My father kept trying to persuade Naeem's friends and family to stay so he could be fined too. After three months, Naeem had 
had enough we we are supposed to be collecting money in enrollment fees and instead the only people knocking on our doors are beggars this is a herculean task he added i cannot take any more by this time the two former friends were hardly speaking to each other and had to call in local elders to meditate my father was desperate not to give up the school so agreed to pay naim a return on his share of the investment he had no idea how fortunately another old college friend called hidayatullah stepped in and agreed to put up the money and take naim's place the new partners again went from door to door telling people they had started a new kind of school my father is so charismatic that hidayatullah says he is the kind of person who if invited to your house will make friends with your friends but while people were happy to talk to him they preferred to send their children to established schools they named it the khushal school after one of my father's great heroes khushal khan khatak the warrior poet from akora just south of swat who tried to unify all pashtun tribes against with pens not swords just as khatak had wanted the pashtuns to unite against a foreign enemy so we needed to unite against ignorance unfortunately not many people were convinced when the school opened they had just three students even so my father insisted on starting the day in style by singing the national anthem then his nephew aziz who had come to help raise the pakistan flag with so few students they had little money to equip the school and soon ran out of credit neither man could get any money from their families and hidayatullah was not pleased to discover that my father was still in debt to lots of people from college so they were always receiving letters demanding money there was worse in store when my father went to register the school after being made to wait for hours he was finally ushered into the office of a superintendent of schools who sat behind a towering piles of files surrounded by hangers on drinking tea what kind of a school is this asked the official laughing at his application how many teachers do you have 3 your teachers are not trained everyone thinks they can open a school just like that the other people in the office laughed along ridiculing him my father was angry it was clear the superintendent wanted money Pashtuns cannot stand anyone belittling them nor was he about to pay a bribe for something he was entitled to he and hidayatullah hardly had money to pay for food let alone bribes the going rate for registration was about 13000 rupees more if they thought you were rich and schools were expected to treat officials regularly to a good lunch of chicken or trout from the river the education officer would call to arrange an inspection then give a detailed order for his lunch my father used to grumble we are a school not a poultry farm so when the official angled for a bribe my father turned on him with all the force of his years of debating why are you asking all these questions he demanded am i in an office or am i in a police 
station or court am i a criminal he decided to challenge the officials to protect other school owners from such bullying and corruption he knew that to do this he needed some power of his own so he joined an organization called the swat association of private schools it was small in those days just 15 members and my father quickly became vice president the other principals took paying bribes for granted but my father argued that if all the schools joined together they could resist running a school is not a crime he told them why should you be paying bribes you are not running brothels you are educating children government officials are not your bosses he reminded them they are your servants they are taking salaries and have to serve you you are the ones educating their children he soon became president of the organization and expand, expanded it until it included 400 principals suddenly the school owners were in a position of power but my father has always been a romantic rather than a businessman and in the meantime he and hidayatullah were in such desperate trait straits that they ran out of credit with the local shopkeeper and could not even buy tea or sugar to try and boost their income they ran a tuck shop at school going off in the mornings and buying snacks to sell to the children my father once even bought meat and stayed up late at night making and bagging popcorn i would get very depressed and sometimes collapse seeing the problems all around us said hidayatullah but when ziauddin is in a crisis he becomes a strong and his spirits high my father insisted that they needed to think big one day hidayatullah came back from trying to enroll pupils to find my father sitting in the office talking about advertising with the local head of pakistan pakistan tv as soon as the man had gone hidayatullah burst into laughter ziauddin we don't even have a tv he pointed out if we advertise we don't be able to watch it but my father is an optimistic man and never deterred by practicalities one day my father told hidayatullah he was going back to his village for a few days he was actually getting married but he didn't tell any of his friends in mangora as he could not afford to entertain them our weddings go on for several days of feasting in fact as my mother often reminds my father he was not present for the actual ceremony